Hello and welcome to the Hearts and Heartbreak Podcast. My name is Mark Bernanke and I'm here with my co-host, Tim Rogers. What's up, Tim? What it do, Liquor Mark? I'm doing pretty well, man. Tim, there are a lot of famous and historic awards given out in society. You've got the Nobel Prize, the Oscars, the Grammys, the Emmys, even the sports-related awards show, the ESPYs, but none of these honors can compare to the honor of receiving a horny award. That's right, Tim. It's time for the 2022 mid-season horny awards show. Give it up. Woo! All right. Time for a a nice audio clip. Uh, Tim, who do you have for MVP of this season so far? Um, I had this two-man race between LaMelo and Miles. Ultimately, Mm -hmm. I went with LaMelo just because he is the engine of our offense doesn't really work without him for any extended period of time. Um, He has the highest usage rate on the team at 28%, which, you know, 30 is like the real money percent for like an all-star level guy that can carry his own offense. Um, Offensive box plus minus kind of an obscure, uh, hard to explain stat, but what it really is, is uh, how many points on offense a team adds per 100 possessions over the average NBA player. And uh, LaMelo is at 3.5, and the next closest person on a roster is at 1.3. So he is the engine. Yep, I agree with you. I went with LaMelo as well. I considered Miles Bridges. I thought about it, but I just couldn't do it. Um, Both of them averaging 20 points per game and seven boards. But like you said, LaMelo is the engine for the offense. He gets 7.6 assists per game. He also shoots the ball better from three. I think if Miles, like, was having the same shooting percentage as he had last year, he would probably be the MVP of the team. If he was shooting 40% from three, he would have been an all-star. Yeah. yeah, he would have been an all-star. Yep. Um, so with, with that in mind, I went with LaMelo. Um, and, you know, he's our all-star. He's our ball star, if you will. I, I don't think it's that close. I think you have to consider Miles Bridges a little bit. But considering his uh, slump from three – I think that like very easily hands it to LaMelo. Oh yeah. At the end of the day, uh, we do have to remember how incredible my, like the first 25 games do count. Yes. Um, where I would say he was our best player, but yeah, I would, I would give LaMelo a solid like seven to three edge. Yep. Yep. Miles, the case for Miles Bridges, I think also would lie in like his minutes and the fact, I think he's played every single game if I'm not wrong. Yep. 58 um, games. So, Yep, he's leading the league in minutes. He has 70 more minutes than the second place minutes person, and that's Julius Randle. So, like, if he continues to play the rest of the season, he's probably just going to end the year with the most minutes of any player in the NBA, which is pretty crazy. Um, I think he's fifth in average minutes per game, but like I said, he's been durable too. He hasn't missed a game. So that w- that does, like, boost his uh, chances of winning the MVP, that, that aspect. But, I mean, part of that is just how James Brago decides to play the lineups also, although LaMelo did miss some time. But, yeah, he's he's been great, but LaMelo, LaMelo gets it. Um, he's having a great second year, and I think he's the best player on our team moving forward. That is not what Mitch Kupchak would say, though. What, what would Mitch <laughs> Kupchak say is the best player on our team? Well, I mean, it's clear. Everyone knows. Gordon Hayward. Yeah, he said that on a podcast that dropped today. Um, I think it was Hornets Hivecast. He said uh, that Gordon Hayward is the best player on our team, that we've been missing the best player on our team for these past few games. 
That is definitely incorrect. It was close to true last season. Last season when we had the MVP debate for the Hornies, um, we went back and forth between Terry and Gordon Hayward. But yeah, this year, Gordon Hayward does not get consideration. He's only averaging 16 and a half points per game, and he's missed a lot of time. Um, I don't really understand why Mitch said that. I That kind of pissed me off, honestly. That was like, normally I'm normally I'm pretty down with whatever Mitch says, but I don't, I don't know why he said that. I think it was to like help boost morale for Gordon Hayward's, you know, having, having a down year, but uh, Gordon Hayward, not the best player on our team. He's maybe third or fourth, uh, depending on how you view him and Terry. Yeah. Um, the only thing I'm embarrassed that I've ever said on this podcast is when I gave Gordon Hayward the MVP last year. <laughs> I, I didn't really feel it at the time. I kind of let the stats talk me into it. I was like, oh man, Terry's a bucket getter. Completely wrong. Terry was the MVP last year. It's it's a shameful moment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Uh, the next one is probably not even more not close than the MVP. Uh, most improved player. Miles Bridges has the second best odds of winning most impl- improved player for the entire league, only trailing John Morant. And John Morant's probably going to get that award. But um, considering he's the second most improved player in the entire league, He's definitely the most improved player on our team, uh, in my opinion. Went from averaging 13 points per game last season to averaging 20 points per game this season. He's getting to the line two and a half times more per game and racking up more assists. Uh, from like a non-statistical perspective, he's drastically improved his ball handling and his ability to play make. Definitely, it's definitely miles, uh, despite the decreased three-point shooting that I described. He's shooting 31% instead of 40% from three. Yeah, the impressive part is he still has uh, above league average efficiency at 58% true shooting. Um, his assist went up. Turnovers went down. Very good sign. Uh, his usage rate is at a career high as well. He's at 23%. And uh, that's a big thing for him because it was always kind of a question the last couple of years. Will he be able to create his own shot? Like, you know, how much of an offense, like offense player can he really be? Is he just a spot up guy? Uh, as you said about shooting, uh, his shooting fouls drawn last season total was 55. This season's already up to 117. Whoa. So these aren't just, yeah, these are not just, you know, like end of the game text or anything. This is actually getting to the basket. Um, yeah, no, I think that uh, it's always scary when a player starts to pop off in March and April like he did last season, but uh, he stuck with it. And yeah, that ball handling, like every wing, it's like you look at, man, you know, what's, what's Andrew Wiggins missing? he could just never dribble the ball that's like jason tatum still doesn't have an elite handle it's like anytime you see a wing go from good to great it's normally the handle mm-hmm. yep and and i completely agree with you uh so unanimous uh horny awards so far for mvp and mip who do you think would get second place did you did you even think about anybody else i i mean i didn't but i thought about it as a thought experiment who would get second place um, I would have, I would go with Mello, uh, but like, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't give it to a second year guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no one else really, no one else came to mind. So I think it would have been either Kelly Oubre Jr. or Cody Martin like two months ago, mm-hmm. right. When they were both shooting the ball way better, but they both have had recent slumps. And I also think it goes to Lamelo now. Um, so both Lamelo and miles are the only two people like remotely considered for MIP and MVP. Um, but yeah, definitely miles gets it. And um, I guess let's move on. We've had, like I said, unanimous votes so far. Who you got for the Hornets culture, the hashtag Hornets culture player of the year. This is a new award uh, suggested by a listener on Twitter. Shout out to him. Um, 
this goes to the player that just embodies hashtag Hornets culture the most. I mean, this one to me was a no brainer. James Booknight. (laughs) 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 Just kidding. Just kidding. No, Miles, uh, Miles bringing in back to back awards on this one. Um, You really can't read anything about the Hornets this year without just like glowing praise from all of his teammates and all of his coaches, how he's such a leader, you know, such a hard worker. He's the, you know, voice of the locker room. I would say he is hashtag Hornets culture embodied. I agree. Yep. Also went with Miles Bridges. Uh, As mentioned before, he leads the league in minutes. So he's out there every single night, sweating his ass off, trying his hardest. Um, And he's, like you said, by all accounts, the leader of the locker room. Uh, Also just dropped a new mixtape. Everybody should go check it out on Spotify. Definitely the best NBA rapper. So he's getting a little bit of the culture there. Um, But yeah, he's, he's the leader for this team. I guess second place would go to Terry Rozier um, for hashtag Hornets culture. Terry, want to say uh, also Freddie Gibbs, uh, great rapper, shouted out Miles Bridges as oh, wow. a uh, yeah as the second best NBA rapper after Dame. So that counts. And uh, one thing we didn't mention uh, was how how much better his defense has gotten, in my opinion. Uh, advanced stats still paint him as a slightly negative defender, but I think his on-ball defense has taken you know massive strides in the last year and a half since we've been doing this. I used to always joke that he had like concrete shoes. But now he can actually move his feet pretty well. He's strong enough that no one's getting around him. So, yeah, as the voice of a locker room, if he's playing 40 minutes a night, leading scorer and defending the best guy, pretty hard to not take that guy seriously if you're James Booknight or, you know, a young guy. Yeah. And with the way Miles Bridges has, like, improved from season to season, um, I mean, you can expect, like, another leap this offseason, I think. Like, he's just gotten better and better every single year. That dude works so hard. He said he like tried to shoot like a thousand threes a day or whatever. He he puts in the work, and uh, I'm excited for him to continue uh, to improve and to establish hashtag Hornets culture. Again, unanimous voting on these hornies. Um, let's go with the next one. The podcast is called Hornets and Heartbreak, Tim. So this one really hits home. Who do you have for the most heartbreaking player of the season? Um, so this one I was I was more split on. Because I think, you know, you could easily say Gordon Hayward, but then it brings up the classic question of, can you get your heart broken if you know it's going to happen? So, yeah, it's like, I would say the only reason he's even in there is because of how annoying the injuries have been, where it was like, oh, nagging injury, then he gets COVID, then he comes back, then he has a serious injury. Uh, But I'm going to go with PJ Washington, actually. Um, Maybe it's just the standard that Miles set with his... uh, with his great linear improvement, but PJ just hasn't developed an offense whatsoever. And something I found interesting, uh, remember last year, the PJ at the five lineup was like our ace in the hole. Yes. Uh, it was plus 6.5 and 55 minutes with, you know, our big four of uh, LaMelo, Miles, Terry, Gordon. And with Graham and Martin, it was plus 22. And this year it is down to a negative 18 and a negative 11. Um, and you know, his shooting has been there. So it's not like, you know, I, and again, year to year, these things can vary, but I kind of expected him to be a great backup center this year. And it hasn't been the case. Yeah. He has definitely struggled this season. Um, I would say just, he hasn't improved from last season. I wouldn't say he's necessarily been worse this year, but he's getting less minutes, which is not a good sign for a third year player. Um, and I, I still went with Gordon Hayward. 
A person on uh, Instagram joked that one of the new awards we should do is the Gordon Hayward Perennial Injury Award. Him getting hurt really tanks our season. Um, he also was definitely playing worse than last season when he was playing. It's not a massive drop-off, but he was only averaging uh, 16.1 points per game compared to 19.6 last season. He's shooting slightly less efficiently, slightly less rebounds, slightly less assists. So everything's just down a little bit while he was playing. Um, that can be partially attributed to the rest of the team getting better, but still not as good of a season as last year. And for somebody making $30 million a year, you would expect maybe more than 16 points per game. Um, and it's mostly just the injury, though. Like him getting hurt really hurts us. We need him on our team. We need our fourth best player, not our first best player, uh, out there on the court. And so for me, he gets the most heartbreaking player. I can see the PJ case, though, because you really expected more of a leap from PJ this offseason. And he has, at best, stayed the same. Yeah, you know, not asking for Kyrie Irving handles, but like, could you put the ball on the floor a little bit? Um, And with Gordon, you know, it's bad because like Celtic fans don't even trash it. Like they just talk about they're like, oh, man. Poor Gordon Hayward. You know, this guy really doesn't deserve it. Oh, like so tough. Like, no one even has a bad thing to say about him. He just can't stay healthy. And uh, I'm not too heartbroken because I can finally start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. This contract is almost halfway through. We're a year away from him being an expiring deal. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens with that. It'll be interesting to see next season. I'm sure the, like, Gordon Hayward trade rumors will ramp up around the trade deadline next season. I mean, um, a team to trade away their best player, I think it'll stir up some injury. <laughs> Come on, Mitch Kupchak. He's not the best <laughs> player on our team. All right. Uh, next horny award. This was another one recommended by a listener on social media. A new horny award. I really like this one. It's the what the fuck are you doing award. Tim, who you got? Who else but Kelly? Ooh, nice. Um, yeah, when I think about this award, I'm thinking of like most times I've been watching a game and whether it be a shot or a pass, a defensive decision, it's been like, what the fuck? And uh, I look at Kelly, he is the uh, he has the second highest usage on our team and the lowest assist rate by a mile. He averages uh, six assists per 100 possessions and compared to second place, notoriously bad passer PJ Washington averages 11 such uh attempts per game so yeah i just uh i see him you you can see it coming a mile away as well it's like lamello rushes down the court and then kelly's covered by two people kelly has the ball looks at him it's like fuck it (laughs) and you know it's gonna crash off the rim and he's also good for um trying to dunk the ball as hard as possible in the last two minutes of game i feel like he cracks the back of the iron once every three games, just trying to throw down a massive dunk that he has no chance of converting. Yeah, so I considered Kelly Oubre just for the heat checks. Uh, the thing you said about his assist rate is alarming for him having that low of an assist rate. Um, I think he's been, on average, like pretty good. Past couple months have been rough, uh, especially the, the losing stretch has been rough from Kelly Oubre Jr., um, I considered PJ Washington for this one for his one terrible pass per game. <laughs> considered Nick Richards not being able to inbound the ball. Uh, Ish Smith, former former Hornet at this point for not shooting threes. Uh, Cody Martin just for doing Cody Martin things. Also thought about him, but I'm gonna have to go with Mason Plumley, 
who's Ooh. shooting 38% from the free throw line. That is atrocious. And that every single time he air balls or clanks a free throw off the rim, it's just like, man, it would be nice to have a good center. And that <laughs> it feels like we're going to like say that for the rest of eternity on this podcast. Like, please stop playing him so many minutes, James Brago, Mason Plumley. Not that great defensively. There's guaranteed to be like five plays per game where you're disappointed in the Hornets center, Mason Plumley. So I'm going to have to give it to him, mostly for the free throw shooting, but all of the other stuff also factors in. Also, Mason Plumley gets the award for most reverse dunks in Spectrum Center. <laughs> Shout out to Hornets beard guy for that one. Uh, the Horny Award for most reverse dunks in Spectrum Center. It was close between Mason Plumley and Mason Plumley, but Mason Plumley is going to have to take it down. <laughs> Yeah, and just most unwanted dribbles on what could have been a fast break. Mason definitely owns that one as well. <laughs> um, yeah, looking back at uh, last year's uh, lineup data for the PJ stats, it's like, man, I forgot that we played the Bismack Biombo was in two of our three most played lineups last year. Big yep. Jim loves a traditional big man. Yep, yep. It feels like ne- next year, who do you think we're going to go out and get? Like Hassan Whiteside? What are we going to do? <sighs> <laughs> you know, he's a Carolina guy. Um, no, I kind of, I, I kind of want us to go after Nurkic, but do I really just want another center that can never stay healthy? Yeah, yeah, um, real tough for Hornets centers over the years. I have a one last thing on our boy Kelly Oubre. Uh, according to Kevin Pelton, the stats guru over at ESPN, he has the highest highest variance of any three point shooter this season, game to game. Yep. Yeah, he's either hot and making like 10 threes or he's one for 10. Like, I will say, it. like, the fourth quarter of the Detroit game, which was like already a blowout, when Kelly hit eight threes in five minutes, that was a major, like, what the fuck? Like, this is the right. coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like, so yeah, he's also it, capable of that. It's a, it, it could be a positive WTF are you doing award also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with Mason Plumley, it's all negative. So there's that. <laughs> All right, uh, best moment of the season. The horny word for the best moment of the season. What you got, Tim? Um, for just, I would go the Lamelo three against the Orlando Magic, where he dropped Gary Harris and then got a steal the next possession and threw the between the legs alley oop to Miles Bridges. That's a good. That's a good sequence. I went. I went with the Lamelo floater against the Bucks. Uh, beating the reigning NBA champions in back-to-back games. Very sick shot, probably the most clutch shot of his career also, um, except maybe that three he had against the Bucks earlier in the year also uh, that we ended up losing that game. But after that, we beat the 76ers, and I think when I think of this season, unless we do some crazy stuff at the end of the year, I'm going to remember that three-game stretch in the Lamelo floater probably the most. I think that's going to be the most memorable thing. Um and yeah, that shot was awesome. He was running like to his left and threw up the shot with his right hand and just sunk it. Um, so yeah, that was a great shot and a great game and a high point in the year for me. Yep. And there's nothing, uh, nothing better than knowing that the opposing fan base is just like bullshit. Like he should <laughs> not have made that was a terrible shot. Was the best. <laughs> yeah, I agree. All right, another new award. I'm going to have to do some explaining on this one. The horniest moment of the season. So this goes to a moment where we were like very close to achieving something great. We're just on the cusp. But instead, the Hornets did something 
very horny. They did something very classic Hornets, and instead it was just normal. So what do you have for the horniest moment of the season, Tim? Um, I had I had two for this one, but I think I'm going to go towards the uh, the Cavs game uh, from right before the break. Maybe that's recency bias. Uh, you know, we were down for a lot of the game, but a true a true horny man does never give up. Fight back, <laughs> and uh, you know, we we really gave him a shot. It looked like we were going to win the game, and uh, then Kevin Love shows up and really really kills the vibe. And uh, yeah. everyone everyone's had a moment like that. It's a bummer. Yep, yeah, Kevin Love ruined it for everybody. I was at that game. Uh, that was terrible. We thought the game was over. We thought we had won. And then they went back and called a foul on Terry Rozier. So that's a good moment. I thought about that one. Uh, I went with the game. Do you remember what happened after we beat Detroit, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia? Um, no, off the top of my head, I do not. We lost to the Magic. So, oh, that was yeah. John's game. Yeah, so that game, I think, oh. embodies the Hornets the most. It's like we could have had this crazy streak because after we lost to the magic, we also beat the Knicks, the Celtics and the thunder. So we could have had like an eight game winning streak. that would have put the league on notice, like straight up. That would have been an insane streak, but instead it's just like a very good streak, but it's like, okay, we still lost to the magic. So we, instead of going eight, no, we went seven and one very good winning streak, you know, seven and one's good, but eight and no would have been insane. And instead, it's just like, eh, it's okay. Franz Wagner had other plans. What can <laughs> I say? Um, yeah, Tim, a longtime supporter of Franz Wagner. I was wrong about him. I'll go <laughs> ahead and say it on the pod. It's all that matters. Um, I also, yeah, my my other, like, my honorary mention for this was that Bucks game December 1st. LaMelo hit a 28-foot leaning three to put us up by five seconds, or put us up with five seconds to go. And then Giannis just kind of powers his way to the basket, game over. What are you going to do? It reminds me, um, do you remember when the Seahawks were like at their peak and they were just, you know, destroying the NFC? But for whatever yes. reason, the like bad St. Louis Rams just used to like beat them every time. Like the Rams, w- the Rams would go like four and 12, but the two wins would be against the Seahawks. Like we're better than they are, but like we just own the Bucks. We have an irrational confidence. Like again, every game is close, but uh, they know LaMelo's just got their number. Yeah, yeah, it is crazy. We we do kind of own the Bucks. So give us the Bucks in the first round if we make it. If Lamelo sees Wesley Matthews on the court, it's over. All right, what's your favorite lineup? The Horny Award for best or favorite lineup for this season. So we kind of have a weird distribution where, like, our first, you know, like our most played lineup obviously involves Plumlee. No one can root for that. Uh, it has like three hundred seventy minutes. Next closest has ninety six. Um, so, like, our best lineup is LaMelo, Cody Martin, Miles Bridges, uh, Terry, and then Plumlee, 95 minutes plus 20. My favorite lineup hasn't played yet. Mm-hmm. It's, um, in theory, should be just an offensive juggernaut. LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, Miles at the four, and then Montrez at the five. Okay, I did the exact same lineup. So, one that hasn't happened yet, except I replaced Gordon Hayward with Kelly Oubre Jr., Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking pure favorite lineup, dude. Uh, let's get <laughs> Kelly out there for a couple WTF moments, dude. <laughs> Under underrated WTF moment when my man Book Knight tried to fight uh Borrego. Should have brought that one up. Because if, yeah. if we're talking purely favorite, 
I'm gonna throw like I I wanted the I might just play JT Thor at the three at that point. True, true. Yeah, the best would definitely be Gordon Hayward at that at the yeah. three. That's definitely the best. I agree. Um, cool. So that kind of concludes the uh, horny award show for the All Star break. This is becoming an annual tradition. We do this at the uh, at the All Star break. We did the All Star break last year too. So look for our end of the season horny sometime uh, in July after we win the finals. Yep. And uh, let us, let us know if you have any differing opinions, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Real quick at the end, I got a couple things I want to talk about, Tim. Uh, Magnus Carlson, the world chess champion just signed a deal with Puma. So that means Tim, pretty much my two favorite athletes or whatever you want to call Magnus Carlson. We can call him not an athlete. We can call him a gamesman. I don't really know what you want to go with there. But both of my two favorite athletes, Magnus Carlson and LaMelo Ball, are signed with Puma. If you didn't know, my full-time job is as a chess teacher. Also was the 2017 North Carolina chess champion. Uh, So Magnus Carlson, the best chess player in the world, signed deal with Puma. Very on-brand for the podcast. That got me excited. I heard uh, LaMelo recruited him, man. So that just shows we are going to get Luka Doncic in a couple of years. Yeah. Can you imagine like LaMelo, Terry and Magnus doing like a photo shoot? (laughs) (laughs) You you are definitely in the 1% of people most excited. (laughs) All right, cool. Uh, Then also Hornets play the Raptors tomorrow. First game back from the all-star break. Tim and I will be at that game on a triple date. Wish me luck out there, everybody. Uh, <laughs> might have to change the name of the podcast to Hornets and Heart Warm after tomorrow night. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes tomorrow terrible. night. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. I need to pull up the list. So, Tim, <laughs> talk to the people for one second here. Oh, Mark has his mind on other things right now. <laughs> All right, shout out to Xavier Harvin, TC Cunningham, Isaac Black, Brandon Garcia, Austin Johnson, Rob McMillan, and Caitlin Furland for the continued support on Patreon. Shout out to all you guys. If you want to sign up, if you want to support the show, uh, go to the link in the show notes. Yeah, thank you everyone for taking the time to listen. Uh, anyone that shared, you're especially thanked. And uh, everyone have a great weekend. All right, Tim, it's been real. Been real. Be safe out there, Mark. <laughs>